Mr. Pop. Were they wooden, those those Thunderbird dolls? Yeah, I think so. The acting was. <laughs> yes. This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine. Time on board, kids, because here we go. It's the Rock and Roll Express, and it's off and running. Uh, good evening, everyone. Uh, what? Start again. I'm Why? Part of any show that starts climb on board, kids. <laughs> Rolf Harris was into it. <laughs> and that guy from Hey Dad. Oh, stop it, Brian. There's, oh, I'm not starting again. We've started. This is it. This is how it works. I think it's good because last week I thought we were a little bit under par for oh. filth. And then this week we've come straight out of the gate, uh, straight into the gutter. It's fantastic. Let me paint we're, the picture for you. We're coming in uh, from our three locations, uh, Rockstar Penthouse Headquarters there with Brian Mannix. Evening, Brian. Ah, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and Ooh. hello, folks. Oh, and listen, listen to the sound two weeks in a row. <laughs> he sounds he's like studio quality. Whoa-wee. Um, uh, I'm coming to you from beautiful downtown Inverloch, uh, where uh, I'm abiding at the moment, and uh, in the my in what is clearly the intellectual capital of the world, Brian. Um, well, I'm I'm coming, Kevin, and to be honest, I'm shooting straight from between the hips. Thank you very much, Brian. Uh, okay. Yes, we could probably. Can you just dial back the filth a bit? Just push Doubt it. it. Put it back I'll to try. put it back to I'll a four try. a four or a five will do us to start. Where, where's the filth button on the computer? I'm not sure. <laughs> I, reckon, I reckon you know exactly. Where you're going, by the way. So do I. <laughs> uh, it's, it's the only thing on my computer that doesn't have a fingerprint on it. Brian hashtag sixty nine. Now uh, Mark Fine, looking, uh, I have to say, very intellectual tonight. He has he has the uh, the librarian glasses on, and he's actually got a, a, a proper shirt on, and he's. You'd swear Blaney was a successful businessman in Balaclava. There you go. As opposed well, to what he normally is in a Balaclava, robbing successful businesses. And that North Caulfield. North Caulfield. Yes, oh, sorry, North Balaclava's Caulfield. Balaclava's a myth. Yes, fair enough. North Caulfield it is. We'll go with that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, so, uh, uh, owner-operator of uh, Linny's Fine Foods uh, and uh, big, oh. new, big news. Uh, how are things in the shop this week, Fanny? I cannot tell you. The renovation has been so well received. My wife did such a brilliant job, I told you last week. Yep. And we're 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 rocking. It's really going well. So so any extracurriculum, any extracurriculum activities or side hustles, you know, we'll have to uh, we'll have to um come after the business. But I think I can I think there's a side hustle I can organize. Apart from this one? Oh, this is a labour of love. Okay. Well, let me take you to online now at uh, the Herald Sun. Uh, we go now to the offices of the Herald Sun. Keep punching. No, not Scotty Palmer. God rest his soul. Uh, top stories in the Herald Sun online right now. Radio host Mark Fine mulling surprise return to SEN. All right. All right. Former SEN favourite Mark Fine, whose radio show was whose radio show gave footy tragics a place to vent post-game, looks set for a return to the station for season 2024. You're going to mention this, Mannix. Um, oh. It says... Uh, I know gonna... what the mention is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Mark Fine is mulling it over. Brian Mannix is saying pass over the mull. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Fine, he said... Uh, Finally, he's quoted as saying all this stuff about uh, the SEN offer on the Rock and Roll podcast with Kevin Hillier and Brian Mannix and uh, quotes from last week's show. Uh, and uh, are, we any, are we any closer to people manoeuvring, coming to you, from you, away from you? What's going on, Finny? Yeah, we're very close. I just, you know, I, I just wait while SEN negotiate a slightly more important business than me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that was also uh, reported in the Herald Sun during the week where, um, and I'll I'll paraphrase this by saying that uh, the the business has sold off $1.5 million worth of shares in their sporting franchises, which are the Wildcats and the, um, what's the Melbourne netball team called? The Mavericks? Um, And a couple of things to, they just need some cash to uh, pay some of the bills. Pay me. And pay Finey. They need 1.4 million of that 1.5 they've raised to pay Finey. 
uh, and the rest will just dribble out to, you know, uh, Tim Watson and uh, and uh, affiliated other people that might need a, a dollar or two here or there. Um, well, good luck. Keep us posted, finding on what's happening with that. And the other big news, ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys, I saw a photo on Facebook of Brian Mannix, Chuck Hargraves, uh, Kirky, yeah. and it uh, was uh, prefaced by someone saying that the Uncanny X-Men are reuniting for a finale well, that's correct, uh, Kev. Um, now, finale tour. Let's. I'm not sure how long that could go. It might take two years to finish our. Ah, finale the tour. Farnham, the Farnham clause in the contract. Well, look. When we finish, we'll um, we look. Um, Chuck, our guitarist, is not well at the moment. So. Um, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, look. You know. You know, and that sort of rings a few bells. So go, well, hang on, maybe we should go and do something while we can. Um, and so, yeah, we're playing uh, in Queensland in May and then we're playing uh, the Corner Hotel in Richmond um, in October. I think it's October the 13th. Oh. And it's our only show we're going to do in Melbourne. So if you don't go, well, Bad luck, you missed out. Um, so, yeah, look, and I've spent the afternoon today with with Kirky, the bass player, and we've been working out what we're going to do. And, yeah, we're going to we're gonna go for it and put on a – because, you know, we used to always have bikini girls dancing and freaking <laughs> beach balls going out in the club. Blow up penises. All of that. So, you know, we need to bring that back. The last couple of times we've played, we've just sort of, um, you know, played the songs and we played well, but – no, no, there's a bit more to the X-Men than just that. We're going to do some stupid shit as well. So we're working on the stupid shit and that'll be happening. I've got to say, speaking of stupid shit, yeah. I might get Finey to walk out on stage and he can go, uh, <laughs> yes, Mr. Tracy, he looks like brains from the Thunderbirds with those glasses on. <laughs> Where's Lady Penelope? Uh, she's um undercover or yeah. under the covers. Yeah, under the covers, yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, I mean, I'd I'd love to have a crack at Lady Penelope, but I'm worried I'd get splintered. Yeah, old wooden lips. Were they were, were they wooden those those Thunderbird dolls? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the acting the acting was <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, uh, beautifully done. Well, there's the update on what's going on. Uh, the latest news from the panelists of uh, Rock and Roll and what they're up to. So, Brian, October thirteenth, the Corner Hotel, the only Melbourne show you'll do. That's a big call. And I think it's um, it's a matinee. Oh, okay. Um, Good on you. Yeah, it's in the afternoon. Um, I know Kids in the Kitchen did one and they sold out. So I reckon that's a really sensible move. I reckon it's a really smart thing to do. Well, considering the age of our fans, sometimes, you know, you don't want to go out. You just want to sort of – you don't want to be in a pub that's full of drunks and shit. So um, – and otherwise, we'd probably have to wait till 2025 to get in there, but we yep. felt that that was the gig to do. So we'll do this and um, hopefully it'll go well and hopefully we'll be well supported and hopefully brain some Thunderbirds will come down and <laughs> do, a, do a bit of work. You better Park. be there. Parker. Parker. Yes, my lady. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I also heard that not Uncanny X-Men, but are you playing at the – I think the Sandbelt Hotel in a couple of weeks. Yes, I am. Um, yeah, all right. Nat and I are going. Oh, I'll, put, I'll put your names on the door. Mm. So Bra- Brains and Lady Penelope at the door, just look for if, them. As if I would know. I'll have to have a look. Um, talk amongst <laughs> yourselves while I find out. Oh, okay. uh, that would be Friday the 1st of March. And well, I can't go because that's the first night of Finey's Final Siren. Great. There you go. Well, you could go and get a few in you, so when you do the final siren, you're really rearing a rip into everybody. Why are you doing the final siren before the footy starts? When, when Isn't round zero March 1? No, round zero is March 5 or 6, I think it is. It must be. Uh, why didn't okay, you just say you don't really want to come and see us? I understand. <laughs> just, we're not necessarily everybody's no, coming. I'd like to see you, and I've told you that Natalie – Every time, like, I'm, so I had Natalie and Harper in the car on Saturday night. We went out for dinner, and I played 50 years. Right. We should sung Natalie it better. Go, and Natalie goes, no, you sung it great. You do nah, sound a little I sing it. 
I sing yeah. it much better now. Anyway. Oh, I said, Gene. I said, Gene's got a high voice, and that said, he's a little. He was. He's only a little fella. He's gorgeous. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly still on the morphine from the foot problem, Fanny. <laughs> and then I said, I think he's a big fan. And then I said, um, I think he's playing a couple of weeks. We're going. We're going. Great. Good on you, Natalie. Well, We've I can confirm you. that the first uh, match in the ground zero round is on Thursday, the 7th of March. The Friday night game is the Lions and Carlton on Friday, the 8th right. of March. Brilliant. Fantastic. So there you go. I'm in. I'm so you, right. can, you can clear your social commitments and then start your footy commitments. And and Nat said, "Look, I'll go, but I'm worried about the foot." Yeah. And I said, "I said, Nat, it's sick things that it's not a foot." <laughs> right, right into the gutter. Not, well, not even, to, not even on a good, you, not even on a good day these days, Brian. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Enough talk about our dicks. Can we move on? <laughs> Oh, well, we might as well go to the news now then. Okay. Um, Right. Let's get to uh, what we are talking about, some of the things we are talking about. And we're going to start chart chat, chit chat, chart chat, whatever you want to call it, chit chat. It'll be all of those. Um, And the chart that uh, has been selected, and we will give, uh, if you're listening to the program and you want to have some input into a chart you'd like us to discuss, by all means, send it to me uh, on the social media platforms. Um, but the one one that uh, comes first up is 20 years ago this week from uh, 2004. The chart uh, is, uh, yeah. Uh, well, Finey, do you want to shitbag this first? Or <laughs> to- no, hold hold the shitbagging till later. Um, <laughs> we'll get to that. But, uh, well, it's, it's also the only way that we really can do the 90s and the 2000s and the 2010s and the 2020s. Um, because we're not going to pick our favourite songs on them because we won't have three. So a no. couple of talking points that you want to make about your observations of the chart from February 2004, 20 years ago. Quite unbelievable, the rubbish that's on there. Um, now, the Grammy Awards are on today, Brian. Did you sit down and watch them like a good little rock star? Absolutely not because most of the songs I can't even understand. I saw, did see a bit of Miley Cyrus and I thought – That's a good song. It was. It's a really good song. And then she started. She went into a medley, and she started doing something. I said, "Oh, she did the Tina Turner moves." And then, "Oh, she's going to do Proud Mary," but it wasn't Proud Mary. But the song when it started was like, "This is exactly the same rhythm." You know, somebody's listened to Proud Mary, and they said, "Let's write our own Proud Mary." But yeah, I thought I thought she was very good. um, But that's all I saw. She uh, she won the song of the record of the year with um, Flowers, which is a really really good song. I must admit, I'm surprised yeah. I'm saying that. Kylie got a Grammy for what? For best pop dance recording. For best op- what's best cool. pop dance recording for Padam Padam. Oh, that's a trying to break into the Indian market. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, not. <laughs> No, that's exactly what it is. It's a calculated <laughs> move. They've worked out there's a billion people in India. If we can sell a few copies over Brian, there. Right, it's not papadam, papadam, it's padam, padam. I'll have a listen to it and have a look at the dancing. It's Bollywood. Well, it's just, it's about, it's about, oh, yeah, there's a, uh, she's it's in the red. Bollywood. She's trying to crack the Indian market. Well, good on her, then. Why not? Well, I think it's pretty good management on her behalf. It's like, well, what else can you do? You know, you're pretty exhausted, England's. Uh, you didn't really, you know, La 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 went well in America and Locomotion went well, but I don't know that many of the other stuff has. I didn't know she'd already had a Grammy. She no, won a, that, was a, that was a Grammy. A Grammy, yeah. No, she, yeah, won, a Gra- yeah. she won a Grammy 20 years ago, so she's uh, – For what? For I think it was whatever song it was in 2003 that she was nominated for, and I can't remember now, to be honest. Uh, but, no, she's got one. This is the uh, second Grammy. Uh, the Beatles won a Grammy. Oh, what, not for now and then, really? No, no, no. They won the best music video for an animated uh, clip that was put together by someone from uh, I'm Only Sleeping, which was on the Revolver album, which is 48 years old. I love that song. Yeah, it's a great song. And the clip is really, really good. It's one of the beautifully done kind of um, modern uh, animations, not a a cartoon animation, a modern animation. It's actually really, really good. I like the Beatles cartoon show. So did oh, I. Yeah. Uh, I loved that. A hard day, 
A Hard Day Night, starting on the roller coaster. Oh, I don't yeah, really know. I, I don't think Hard Day's Night started on a roller coaster. But it was a day in the, the life. Opening? It was a day in the life of the Beatles with um, Steptoe is Paul McCartney's dad. No, no, he's talking about the cartoon series. Yeah, the animated series. Oh, okay, the cartoon. They had a cartoon called Hard Day's Night. Okay. Because the cartoons were. No, no, what he's talking about, I think what he's talking about is the song A Hard Day's Night in the cartoon version of the the TV cartoon series. Okay. Thank God we've cleared that up. Now, the other big news from the uh, the Grammys uh, was that uh, rapper Killer Mike, I'm sure you're all familiar with uh, Killer Mike's work, um, after winning three Grammy Awards uh, at the whatever-it-is arena in uh, Los Angeles where they were presented, he was then handcuffed by police and taken away. <laughs> just, oh, just, he's, just, trying to, he's trying to do a Trump, <laughs> get his ratings to go even higher. Just in keeping well, hang with on, everything hang else. On. Let's just... We don't want to get sued. His name is Rapid Accused Killer Mike. Oh, of course. Sorry. Sorry. Yes. Good point. Technical and uh, legal, though it is from you, Brains. I'll accept and, that. And very well spotted uh, finding because I know Killer Mike is a big fan of the show oh. and, he's, and his lawyers and his yep. management listen to it every week. So uh, we could be in all sorts of bother. F- on the on the that comment on the newspaper story of uh, the Grammy Award winners, they had a photo of Killer Mike. I wouldn't know Killer Mike if he popped up in my serial, except that the photo of him, he looks like uh, Gary Coleman's brother in different strokes, which is kind of off-putting, to be perfectly honest. What you talking about, Killer? <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and the other thing, Kylie not only got a, a uh, Grammy Award today. But uh, she will be at the Billboard Music Awards, which are coming up. She will be getting an Icon Award at the Billboard Women of the Year of the Women in Music event. Well, she possibly deserves that. I don't know about Papa Dan being the bet, whatever it was. It's called Padam Padam, not Papa Dan. Well, you know, we're not I, we're not ordering out after the show. We're we're talking so about- so lyrically. What's the difference between you between Papa Dan and Pampa Dan? We don't understand what either of them mean. Padam padam. I think it's uh, well. I don't know, um, but padam padam is like your heartbeat. I think that's what it's supposed to be. Padam padam. You know, she your really padam, all of her most successful songs have got nothing to do with the lyrics. Like, la 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 la. Pampa Dan. Pampa Dan. You know, give her ooh, 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 and it'll probably be a hit for her. God bless her. My favourite was still the one she did the Merv, they did the Merv Hughes clip for. I still like that one the best. Would you like to elaborate? Uh, the one they did, they ran it as a campaign in uh, in the UK, I think, as a for a beer or something, and they used Merv and used her song, and uh, it, was, it was very, very funny, very amusing. Yeah. He's done well. Yes, she has. So that's uh, that's the Grammy Awards, the 66th Grammy Awards. Doing Can't that. wait for three years. Uh, Taylor Swift won the album of the year. Uh, Marley Soros won. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Went right over his head, didn't it? <laughs> um, Victoria Monet won the best new artist. You like her, don't you, Brian? Never friggin' heard of her. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, too. I'm tipping she's some over-singing Bitch that, you know, she's probably a great well, singer, but they've got so much auto-tune on her. She sounds like everybody else and, you know, I wish her well, but fair deacon, you don't expect me to rush out and buy this thing. Now, Taylor Swift's album of the year was presented, hey, was presented to her by, yeah. for the first public appearance in a very long time. Dan Andrews? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but um, probably equally as despised by a lot of people um, <laughs> is Celine Dion. Oh, old horsehead. Good well, Celine hasn't been seen for a while because Celine's been battling the uh, the alcoholism. Cri- no, the crippling disease the and crippling syndrome drug that, addiction that no. she has, which finally has on several occasions. Uh, alerted us true that Celine is suffering from stiff person syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. It's yep. a very difficult, very, it's a very unfortunate disease. Well, I'll tell you what, she's okay when she's around me. There's no stiff person syndrome when she's around me. I mean, I, I blame, I blame her doctors. <laughs> Why is they, that? They've, 
Because she's on two Viagras a day, and it's surely it doesn't have <laughs> It's all it did take with her, um, and it's and it's really wrecking the 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 hang of her evening gowns with the with the Viagra. <laughs> She's starting to look like Michelle Obama during Dancing with the Stars. Oh dear me, dude looks like a lady. Um, so uh, yeah, so Celine made an appearance at the Grammys and hasn't been seen for a while, and talked about it, uh, how debilitating her condition is, and uh, that she's there's no cure for it. Yes, there is. <laughs> and, and what might what might that be, Doctor Fine, with your librarian glasses on? And I promise you, she she goes for a night out with Brian and comes back to the penthouse. She will be cured of stiff person's disease. Yes, I'm sure well, she sorry, will. Bro. No, that's not that's not fair. Look, she's terrific. Well, Political correctness, because it used to be called stiff man's disease, but of course now, <laughs> now you know it's stiff person's disease. Mm. Like, you know, you're not a batsman, you're a batter. You're yep. a stiff oh, person. isn't that a pain in the ass? Um, yeah. Well, well, if you're a stiff person, you're probably going to supply a bit of batter. But please go on; it's most interesting. Turn that, <laughs> turn that filth on the, just that button. Turn that filth down to three. I can't, right? I can't find the button. Get right, it down I'm, to I'm, three if you can. Be quiet now. All right. Look, uh, we got we got promoted in the Herald Sun. We could have a whole lot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they're going to turn on the first thing they're going to hear is us talking about Celine Dion stiff person syndrome and our cure for it. Well, could be a medical breakthrough on this program, you know. We could be well, we could be in the Lancet next week. A bullet can cure most things. <laughs> Right. Huh? <laughs> All right, let's talk cricket. No, let's not, because it's just another meaningless one-day international series that no one gives us stuff about that 16,000 16, people turned up to the MCG. I want names because I want to ring them up and ask them what the hell they were doing there. It isn't well promoted. No, it wasn't. And But who, I mean, in all honesty, who who cares? What are they, What are they playing for? No idea. Yeah. Oh, look, it is good to see a few new faces in the Australian team. Yeah, Abbott's good. Shawnee Abbott. Oh, he batted well. Yeah, and he took four for seventeen in the other one, didn't he? No, that was Zatia Bartlett. Oh, Abbott Bartlett's A's and R's and B's. I get confused. <laughs> Fair enough. Bloke, bloke with a you know white ball in his hand running in. They all look the same. Mm. Um, Especially with. Wear them wearing the same outfits. Yeah. Know? Come on. Yeah, same Put a tie-dye T-shirt on so I know who you are. Exactly right, or a, a headband of some description. <laughs> Should all have individual headbands with their number on them so we can tell them apart in the field. And hide the circumcision yep. scarves. Fantastic. Thank you. Uh, that's only for the New Zealand cricketers. Um, now, <laughs> the Socceroos. Nah. Oh. Oh, they did pretty well. They should have won. I'm well, with South you. Korea. South Korea's South a good Korea side. A very, yeah, very good team. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the Tottenham Hotspur captain uh, in the end was the finishing touch that finished yeah. them off. Yeah, and he's a star. And he is a star soon. He must most certainly is son or soon, depending on which commentator you listen to. But, uh, yeah, so they lost to South Korea. Uh, and while they're doing that, uh, the reserve backup goalkeeper it's signed to a $2.5 million transfer to First Division English Premier League side Aston Villa. So we've obviously got some very good talent running around that uh, that other other countries and clubs are interested in. Best club in the world, reserve goalkeeper, $2.5 million a year. Not bad. And he won't get a look in because the bloke who's the number one keeper at Aston Villa, I think, is currently ranked the number one keeper in the world. Yeah. So it's an amazing job, isn't it, just sitting there and two and a half million dollars. Well, what about the third quarterback for who's the two teams in the competition? The Chiefs and 49ers. the 49ers. Well, isn't the quarterback for the Chiefs like the third pick? Like the main one's worth 250 million a year. Patrick the Mahomes. other one's worth and the 98 million. They're both injured or something. This bloke's come in and he's a superstar and he's getting paid nothing compared to the other two. But he's a, he's a gun. He's the best one they've got. Have you? Am I off the track here? No, I, I no? admit my following of American football has dropped off. Normally, I'm lucky that I even know who's in the Super Bowl next week. Fair enough. I, I was 
I was at, I went dancing yesterday with Melanie, my partner, and we did a bit of cha-cha and some foxtrot. Good to get back into the rhythm. And her husband was giving me the mail about the NFL, right into it. And, uh, yeah, apparently I think the Chiefs oh, – and, and the Mavericks, apparently, since Taylor Swift's been going to the gig – Oh, because she's going out with one of the players. Well, they get all of the umpire decisions. Like, apparently if you take your helmet off on the field, that's, you know, your 20-yard penalty or something. And they do it, nothing happens to them, and the quarterback says, nah, he's done this. And the, and the umpires, apparently – they're very much favouritism to the Mavericks, so we'll see what happens next Monday. Okay. The map, the Chiefs or the 49ers? You mean the Chiefs? The other team, not yeah. the 49ers. The Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, okay. It's a bit racist. I believe they're, they're the team in the Super Bowl, I think. Maybe they should make it. Are you Kansas following City. American footy much these days, Fanny? I couldn't give a rat's ass about American footy. I'm more interested in why Brian – is getting information from his girlfriend's husband and what sort of what what in the hell is going on up there? No, it's not well, his girlfriend, it's his his former dancing with the stars partner. Yeah, Melody. We're friends for life and uh went to her wedding and that and her husband's a big sports fan, bit of a Trump man too, good on him. And um, he was giving me the mail on the NFL and um, I thought, well, I'll remember this because I'll might sound like I'm slightly intelligent on rock and roll. All right, so but you do have a girlfriend. Well, no, no, not really. Um, oh, oh, that what I, that blew up in the last seven days, did it? Well, it never does. No, what happened? I was going out with the girl, and then she ditched me, which she ditched me every eight days. So it's like, okay, fair enough. And then I met some other girl, and that was okay, and she was lovely. And then the First girlfriend that had ditched me had tickets to Russell Crowe. So she said, you want to come and see Russell Crowe? I thought, yeah. What, yummy. what in, in concert? Yeah, yeah. So like the real he hates you. Hey, well, <laughs> but, but I think I think she ditched her friend because she knew that she'd get to meet Russell if I went. So we went to see Russell and she got to meet Russell and, yeah, yeah, but it was all over, but it was just a ticket. And I thought, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Russell. And then, of course, the new girlfriend found out about me going out with the old girlfriend and the old girlfriend found out about the new girlfriend, sell it Molly, and um, consequently they both ditched me. So there you go and here we are. Um, so they both ditched you? Yeah, you know, you, you just try to please everybody, and sometimes it just doesn't work. And uh, but, and hang on, no, the the other part is I've got to find out. Did Russell talk to you? Were you okay with Russell? Oh, Russell, oh, yeah, he was good. Um, you know, I haven't seen him for thirty years, but he goes. Um, so you know, I'm waiting for him to have a moment. You know, we're all sitting in the band room waiting for Russell to, for the king to arrive, and he does, and he's sweating like a pig because he's carrying a bit of weight. Anyway, Andrew McManus, the promoter, he's got a great show, actually, Alice Cooper, Blondie, and there's about seven bands on that thing I wouldn't mind seeing. And he was talking to him. I thought, oh, I'll just take my time. Yeah, good and show. Then I go, I go out and speak to Russell, and, um, you know, he remembers me and blah, 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 and we're talking about uh, Bad Boy Johnny, the play we did together and a whole lot of other stuff, and I introduce him to the girl that got me the ticket, and he goes, Hi, how are you? Oh, very sexy. But then halfway through, he just lights up. He gets a smoke. He says, anybody a light? And I give him a lighter, which he never gave back. He just starts smoking in the middle of the room. And I'm thinking, oh. if you're, I suppose if you're a movie star, the rules don't apply. So but anyway, it was good to see him. And um, But, you know, it didn't bring me a lot of good luck as far as the love life is concerned. But anyway. We'll we'll patch things up and repair things and see what happens in the future. Oh, you and Russell, me and Russell, <laughs> you know, um, still hasn't forgiven me for kicking him in the balls every night at uh, doing Bad Boy Johnny. But I was anyway. going to say, of course, I remembered you because part of part of the the act that you had in the play was for you to kick him in the ghoulies. Kick him in the balls, yeah. <laughs> and he's off to Italy soon to play Goering, the uh, head of the Luftwaffe in. Oh. You know, in World War II. So That's I said, to, put on weight. Well, probably, or like, 
Yeah, Goering was pretty big, wasn't he? Yeah. Sure, he's not. Sure, he's not just being Major Hockstetter in a remake of Hogan's Heroes. Well, no, Burkhamp was the. Oh no, Hofstetter yeah, was the big one. Yeah, he's well, he's he's no Burkhoff, Burkhoff. Sorry, Burkhoffer. 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 That's right. Yes, my sister Clink. Um, so, <laughs> so I said to him, I said to him, so you're playing in Germany? He goes, yeah, playing a Nazi. Played a Nazi, and I said again. So I said, well, I said, so you got plenty. Of, so I guess you'll be saying plenty of. Show me your papers, Englander. And he laughed and he said, I said, you got that down? And he goes, yeah, I think I've got that down. <laughs> Fancy me giving him instructions on how to act. <laughs> he's, he's played a Nazi before. Yeah, how's that? Romper Stomper. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's done Nearly some interesting a- films as Russell. He's done, he really has interesting um, uh, character well, yeah. choices. He's a great he's actor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's no good at comedy, I don't reckon. Uh, the, the two comedies I've seen, The Some of Us and uh, The Nice Guys or whatever, I just sort of kind of missed it. But, you know. The well, Some of Us was it. very early in his career, though. Well, I think the best thing he's done is The Loudest Voice, the oh, series. that's wow. brilliant. That that's was brilliant. Fantastic. He should have won. Did he win something for that? He was terrific. No, I don't know. I don't know because actually that bobbed up as a recommendation on one of the streaming systems for me the other the other night. And I thought, oh, I could actually watch that again. Yeah, I think I could too. Yeah, because it was that good. It was he was really good in that. That was based. That was based on what the whole Morning Wars thing was uh, was and based the, on. And and Nicole Kidman did a movie about the same subject, yeah. but it was nowhere near as good. Yeah, because if you're going to talk about sexual harassment in the workplace, you kind of need to see a bit of it. Oh. <laughs> And it was horrible watching Russell with these – he's fat Russell. He's got all the latex and shit on. And it was just horrible. Yeah, it was. Watching him oh, – I don't know. What do you call it? Lech. Dominate. He was a lech. Women. Lech, dominate and lech these yeah. women. That yeah. was not good. No, it was it – was That's chilling. my job. It was – yes, exactly. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, any other uh, uh, items of business, gentlemen, that you would like to discuss? I don't think there's, any, there's no sort of footy news around at the moment. It's it's a bit light on, funny, early doors. Yeah, yeah, which is good. Just let's get into it when we're into it. Let's not make things. Yeah, no, I agree with you with that. I, I heard a story today about some uh, change to the smother rule that they're trying to pump up, and I'm thinking, oh, really? Do you reckon anyone actually cares about that right now? Um I think we just want to know that uh, our teams are out there training, 100 miles an hour, looking good, going okay, yeah. no, and no injuries. That's the only the only concern now is who gets injured at, uh, in your training and your match simulation stuff. Yeah, and a great segue, by the way. Mm. Into? The Deathalyzer, because last week one of the Smothers Brothers died. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Um, well, we don't have any Smothers Brothers dying in this episode, Brian, but we do need an introduction, please, sir. Welcome to this week's episode of The Death You'll get that gig doing uh, Darth Vader with that. James Earl Jones would be proud of the timber in that one, Brian. I'd like to do the, the cinema ads. It's like, he was a man with a vision, not to conquer the world, but to save it. Hillier is Hillier, saving the world. Oh, good. Nice. Nice. That'd be the best job in the world. You could easily do that. Oh, you don't need a brain to do voiceovers. Bruce Willis <laughs> in his most demanding role. Okay, I want you to do one for um, Carl Weathers, starring as Apollo Creed in any of the Rocky movies you can choose and uh, build me a little a word picture there because he's unfortunately the first in The Death Elizer. He first came to attention in Rocky in Rocky One. He then went on to Rocky Two. Then he went to Rocky Three. Then the Predator. He was Carl Withers, and now he's no longer with us. I did have a line. I can't remember what it was. Carl no longer Withers. Carl no longer with us. I thought he died about 20 years ago. I thought I, he died at 56. I sent you the thing that uh, that he'd passed away and you went, again? I went, no, well, hang on. You don't You don't actually, uh, only on this program do you get to die more than once. But no, he, he was buttering up for his first attempt at it. 
Well, why wouldn't they put him in Creed? I don't know. You know, he had to be dead in Creed so that Rocky could train Creed. Um, why wouldn't you've had him in there? You know, he could have been unable to to coach his son, but anyway. Hanging out for more money or something like that. It's usually about money why people don't do these things, isn't it? That's why, that's why they hired the girl that played his wife to do the, the most thing because she was cheaper. <laughs> there you go. Well, good on him for hanging out for money. Um, he was in uh, – was he in the Happy Gilmore film as well? Oh, he's great in that. That was he's when great he, in everything. Wasn't it in the Happy Gilmore film? Wasn't he the one who had the the alligator bit his arm off or something? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was he's a it, good actor, and he was good in Action Jackson. If you like, you oh, know, yeah, mindless thing. No, he was terrific. I really liked him, and I really missed the last sixteen, seventeen years of his life because I thought he was already dead. Well, go to Google and fill your fill your um, your. Carl Weathers portal in because he's not adding to it now. Unfortunately, at the age of 76, he passed away. No. There you go. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, Carl. At the age of 75, Wayne Kramer, the founder of uh, MC5 and guitar player with MC5, they were kind of the uh, the fathers of punk. Um, I had a thing called Kick Out the Jams, but they were the sort of predecessor to the bands that came through out of America that got the punk movement started in America. And they were the they were the first band who did all that. So people like Rage Against the Machine and all those bands yeah. now all talk about MC Five as being uh, the band that that sort of kickstarted them and got them going. And then of course the Sex Pistols came out and ran it rampant. But they were the band that actually kind of started it. Well, our good friend Alice Cooper, that last album we were talking to him about, he, Wayne he was, was on talk- that. He got he got the guys from MC Five to play because he wanted yeah. that Detroit sound. Yeah, they were Detroit. So they got it. Yep. So that's sad. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and um, the other one is uh, Troy Beckwith, who was 48. Now, he played Sicko Mico Martin in Neighbours for about seven or eight years. Also did Pugwall and a couple of others, and he, yeah, at the age of 48. Um, no, I know fine, he's got some special comments on this one. Not Pugwash. Oh, Pugwall, sorry. Yeah. Not Pugwash. Come on. Not Captain Pugwash. <laughs> Apologies. You like Captain Pugwash, don't you, Brian? Well, I do. I've got. A, I'm a big fan, and um, I like Captain Feathersword uh, from the Wiggles as well. But um, yes, um, look, I think you're more familiar with this great human being, and I think the eulogy should come from you, Fanny. Well, look, he's young, so I don't want to make light of it. Forty-eight's no. way no. too young to pass away, so. Parlay Troy, and that's very sad. Mm. Very sad. It is. All right. That is it, Brian. Close her up before someone else disappears. Ladies and gentlemen, nobody else is dead. That concludes tonight's episode of The Death Eliza's. <laughs> nobody else is dead. Indeed. Thanks, Brian. Actually, no. Oh, hang on. Uh, Nagan Comic Gob or something. The uh, Namibian president died today. What? The only reason I remember because his name was like Commie Gob or something. But anyway, he passed on. He was 82 or something. He was doing a great job leading Namibia, but um, it was Zimbabwe. I can't remember. But anyway. What were some of his uh, uh, political, uh, you know, uh, sort of uh, achievements in his, well, in, in his gobble, gobbledygob career or whatever it is? He, he did He did a great version of Rasputin. He did a cover of the Bone oh, M song. And, uh, you know, I think that's probably what he remembered most for. Oh, God, they're touring. Can you believe Bone M are touring? Seriously. We got, we got more money for concert tickets for people who shouldn't be on tour anywhere in the world in this country than any other place in the universe. Thank God for that or I'd be broke. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Of course, you built, you, you bought a porn house, a porn house, a penthouse. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> a penthouse Brilliant based slip. on that. No need to correct yourself. <laughs> the man who blew a threesome and turned it into a soul. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was never going to happen. Uh, anyway. All right. Let's get to chart chat because we've got to go the new, you know, we've got to get to the news at the end of this program. I don't want to, you know, miss the news and have to go to the sport or the weather. We're going to the news straight as the 60 minutes. We so, could get Peter Hitchner to record a little opening line to stick with the news. He'd do that for us. He would. 
I'll go. I'll, right. I'll I'll be in contact. Yeah. Well, you went to his you went to his going away party or whatever. What was it? No, it wasn't going away. It was his fiftieth year or something at Channel yeah. Nine. Yeah, I thought you were going to say funeral. Jeez, I've never seen so many drugs in all my life. Yep, at that party, fitting of Viagra everywhere. Yep, terrible. Now the chart that we're doing in chart chat. Here we go. Uh, is from February of two thousand and four. Initial thoughts on looking over this. 40, 50 from Aria. Finey, 50. I'm gonna need you know what beer. my initial thought was? Mm-hmm. Fuck, I'm old. <laughs> 20 it's years tw- ago. It's 20 years old and I'm still struggling to, you know, keep up with that music. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah Obi Trice has uh, got, a, got some teeth baffled me a bit. Yeah, yeah, a few of them did. But do you want my two observations from the chatter? Yeah, well, let's start with you. All right. So, I mean, I've got a, a three observations, but one's very quick. Mm-hmm. I'll listen to five years from now, and it's one tenth as good as fifty years. Did notice yeah. that that song? Thought that was <laughs> clearly play, that. clearly plagiarism, plagiarism, and clearly Brian should be contacting his lawyer. Yeah, yeah correct. So, so here are my observations. Um. So this this chart is um, up itself because it's got three very successful songs, Shut Up, Stand Up, and Sexy Up. Right. All appear in the charts. As long as you can get it up. Shut Up by the Black, shut up by the black Eyed Peas. What number does that come in? Uh, that's number seven. That ends up getting to number one in Australia. So that was on the up. Um, Sexy Up by Robbie Williams. Mm-hmm. What number was that? Uh, sexed Up is 37. Oh, Sexed Up, Sexed Up, 37. Now, the interesting thing about that song is Robbie Williams wrote it for Natalie Imbruglia. Did he really? He did, but she didn't want to sing it. Why not? I, I don't blame I don't her. Know. I don't know. Well, well I think it is songs. To- uh you know, they give that to Kylie or, you know, one of them artists. But I think Natalie's got a bit more substance to that, and she writes really great songs. Um, you know, Torn's a cover, but the rest of that album, Left of the Middle, is really good. And I don't see Sexed Up being something that she should sing. Well, this this from the man it. This from the man who played uh, opposite her, uh, living opposite her in his uh, – a couple of little episodes as a Hong Kong, as a Irish jockey going to Hong Kong in Neighbours. No, she wasn't my girlfriend. No, she I was the you. next door. No, she was across the street. Yeah, and um, she watched you, you kissing that girl that you kissed from uh, from her Aussie and, and Ramsey wanted, and wanted to join in. And then they found out about Russell Crowe when it was all off. Fair <laughs> <laughs> Um But no, she's um, oh. she's terrific. I think. I think she's great. Yeah, no, I agree. And so, I'm so sad to hear – well, actually, we're not still doing the death Eliza, are we? No, no, we're not. No, okay, no, cool, no. cool. I just get confused. No, sexed up – okay, so sexed it, up at 37, yeah. That went to number five in England and stand up. Number 35 here. Yeah. By, is that ludicrous? Yes. And yeah, Shauna. Produced by Kanye West. Oh, God. I reserve, I reserve judgment on him. Mm. Even though he's made some apologies recently, um, yeah, that, sure. went, that, that went to number one. Now, the interesting thing about "Shut Up" and "Stand Up" is they both start with over ten lines of the very inspiring. Do you know how "Shut Up" and "Stand Up" both start? No, I don't remember. So "Shut Up" does "Shut Up," "Shut Up," "Shut Up," "Shut Up." Ten times they say "Shut Up." And stand up, stand up ten times. Talk about getting into the chorus early. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that's those. And my other yeah. observation from start is when in doubt, when in doubt, do a cover version. Oh, I know. Mean, a lot of them, a lot of them in this, this 50. There are a lot of them. Number one, what about me? Mm hmm. Yeah. The. First song to debut at number one. So it must have been at the height of the whatever show he won. 
Yeah, no, I'll, I'll get to that. I'll, I'll fill, fill the dots in on that shortly. Yeah. And the best song on that chart is done by um, Fred Durst, of course, and and his mob. Number five, I think it's number five, behind Blue Eye. Yeah, Limp Biscuit. Limp Biscuit. But yep. I, that, that, of course, is a song by The Who. Yes, great song too. M- magnificent song. What about me? I never liked it because it's it's the greatest wine song of all time. Better than me. It isn't fair. I mean, talk about whinging your way to the top of the charts. But anyhow, but it just shows when in doubt. And I, I just I'm always fascinated by the ability of a cover version to get to number one in the charts. It, it seems like a cheap, a cheap ride, but that's how it goes. Yeah, I'm I'm in two minds. With uh, cover versions are really funny with me. Some some you go, yeah, thank you for doing that again because uh, you've just done, you've added something to it. But um, when it's just a replica of the original, I just think. Uh... Never quite, never quite does it for me. Your observations on this chart, Mister uh, Maddox? Um, it it stinks worse than a dunny man's hat. Um, gee whiz, I was really struggling here. Like, and 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 in the end, um, the, look at that Madonna and Britney thing. That just. You know, what is it with Madonna? Everything's got to be about sex. It sounds like Madonna and Britney are about to get it on at the start where they're going, hey, Britney, uh, yeah, uh, let's do it. It's like I'll just stop at the pair of you. Me Against the Music is the name of that song. Yeah. Well, I'm against the music too, so I agree with them. (laughs) Um, That is just a pile of shit. But um, I did find three songs that were good on it, but I'm going to talk about – two that have similar themes and one that I think is handled really well and one that I think is cheap and nasty, and so we'll talk about that when it gets to me. Yeah, well, we're at you now. Oh, okay. Well, (laughs) oh, okay, I thought we were just doing a general introduction. No, 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 we're at you now. Uh, Despicable by our Delta. Now, Sorry, it's called Predictable, not Despicable. Well, that's... I've given you a heads up as to what I think about it. Thank you. But, um, I think the music sounds terrific. Um, it's it's pretty good. And I was going, yeah. And then Delta starts singing and she's kind of got one dimension as a singer. Like this song, she's bagging the shit out of her ex-boyfriend or whatever, and it's it's just kind of – you know, self-righteous and you're this and I don't trust you. It's paranoid and it's things. She should go and have a listen to No Doubt that's on this chart and listen to the way she sings. She sings in a way to tell the story. Delta just showing off what she can and can't do. And if you're this pissed off about this bloke, just singing like musical theatre just doesn't work for me. It's too clinical and too technique-wise. So I thought that was a, a missed opportunity by, and mainly because of Delta's vocals. She's a wonderful singer, but I think. Hang on, pr- can I let you into a secret, Brian? Please do. For twenty-five years now, to, you know, more than two decades, Delta Goodrum's been really the darling at different times, the darling of the Australian music industry. She's beautiful, butter wouldn't melt in her mouth. There's no scandals. She does all the right things. They keep pumping her up and putting her up, but you just hit the nail on the head. She's not a a, a pop star or a rock star. She just doesn't have it in her. She's just a a really nice girl singing up on stage. And and in the end, that's why if you're going to be dead set honest without all the all the favors she's got, she really hasn't done much. Well, she's like you know how many hits of hers can you name? I I think Shine, um, and then after that I'm struggling. I saw her play at the Darwin Cup Ball, and every song is a piano ballad, you know, talking about her broken heart or some bullshit. Which I like those songs, but not every song, and. 
I I think, you know, if it wasn't for the voice and things like that, you know, I don't know how she makes her money. I think she came from money from the start, but she can't dance and she just keeps rewriting the same old song. I don't think she's much of a piano player either. But anyway, so I thought that was a pretty poor effort on her part. I thought the song was okay and the production was good. But then you listen to Pete Murray singing, is it You Are Beautiful or So Beautiful? So beautiful. Now, that's about the same sort of thing. You know, he's like, but he's suspicious that the girl's not right for him, but it's not just a diatribe of him shitbagging the hell out of her. And it's it's a better melody. He sings it with passion and he's telling the story where she's saying, she's singing like, have a listen to how good I can sing, but you're missing the story, Delta. So those are the two songs I picked because I thought they're both kind of about the same thing, but I thought Pete Murray's approach was so much better than Delta's. Okay. And they're, they're both, they're, they're, that's your entire observation? Well, I told you that Madonna and Britney should just go and work at McDonald's. Yeah, but, fair uh, enough. No, yeah. it's good. No, 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 I want to check that you're finished. Um, done. Uh, I, I I concur with you about Limp Bizkit, uh, and I like Limp Bizkit for another reason, because they, I think Limp Bizkit are one of the few bands in the world who went to the Slade School of How to Spell um, because of how they spell their name. I think that's a very, very good thing to have on your resume, that they graduated from the Slade School of uh, thing. The, the thing that uh, struck me is I looked at this chart and I saw, number one, What About Me by Shannon Knoll, and I thought, okay, it's 2004, he was runner-up in the 2003 Idol competition. So as you quite rightly pointed out, Funny, the carryover of winning that got that song up to number one. Then I thought, well, he was runner-up, so who won it? Well, of course, Guy Sebastian won it. And he's in this chart at number 41, 40 spots behind. Wouldn't have made a top 40 chart, but this is a top 50 chart. So there's Guy back at 41 and Shannon up at number one. Now, now he's your mate, Brian. Mm-hmm. And I know you and him get on like ass on fire, but again, that's the, my my thing about cover versions. When you do something to them that that brings something new to the table, Dear Prudence by Doug Parkinson, you know Eleanor Rigby by the Zoot. You can name a million songs where they've done something to it, and you go, "Yes, that's good." Well, well, the first question I'd ask you is mm-hmm. how long has Guy Sebastian's song been in the chart? Uh, probably for six months and probably been at number yeah, one and that, gone down. But don't, that, can you not yeah. let the facts ruin a good story? Well, okay, you're right. I normally don't. Pain in the um, ass. And, and Shannon's version is about five tones lower than Alex Smith's. Look, I love Shannon, but, um, you know, if I'm going to pick a version of What About Me, I'll go for moving pictures. Yeah, like, me too. Shannon does a great job, but I like Alex's and, vocal's better. And, and Alex and, and Moving Pictures, I, I liked as a band. I thought they were going to lo- like bust and lose their first single. And then when What About Me, when we heard What About Me, we went, oh, that is going to be a smash. Everyone knew it was going to be a smash. Yeah. I know it's. I know the lyric content of it is a bit whiny-finey. You're right there. But um, I, I always Careful, thought – that Hang on. That was thick. <laughs> uh, whiny-finey. Yes, I know. Uh, they're, they're, they're workshopping that now at SEN as a possible oh, segment title. Um, I always thought Alex sang it really well on the record, even though I think he told us on when he appeared on Life of Brian that he, he, he's never really been comfortable with the vocal on the record. Well, it was a guide track. Yeah. They said you just sing along with it, you know, so that the guys know when to play. Yep. You know, you do a guide vocal, which you don't really give a shit about most of the time because they just want to know when the chorus and stuff's happening. Um, and he did that, and they said, that's it. Yep. We're not doing anymore. You've done it. <laughs> yeah. So it's um, actually not a bad ploy for a singer because you don't try as much and you just sing the song, and that's what he did, and I thought he sang it brilliantly. Well, if you if you can get the singer or the band to play it in the first one or two takes, it's always better than take 30. Yep. So Because uh, you lose the vibe. I, I always thought that Shannon Noel got a number one based on his idol days, and I'm not knocking his talent, but I'm just saying I, I didn't think his version of What About Me was good enough for it to be a number one song, and I don't think it would have been had he not but, been on but, Australian Idol. But but if you look at the chart, there's not a hell of a lot of competition there, Kev. 
This is the biggest I, shit chart I think we've ever seen. I don't, I don't deny that. Uh, number ten's "Be Faithful" by Fat Man Scoop and Crooklyn Clan. Uh, number nine is Jamelia Superstar. Number eight is "The Voice Within" by Christine Aguilera. Uh, number seven, "Shut Up," Black Eyed Peas, good song. Number six. Here Without You by Three Doors Down. Number five, Behind Blue Eyes by Limp Biscuit. Number four is My Immortal by uh, Evie Anson. Is it Evie Anson? Now my favourite's at number three, I think. Three is Hey Ya by Outcast. Oh, uh, oh no. Two is oh, Milkshake. Yeah. My milkshake is better than your Oh, oh that's and that and exactly, and uh, and the number one song is uh, is Shannon Knowles. What about me? There's two Nickelback songs in this uh, in this chart. That's got to tell you something. Uh, but it also has, I reckon. I, I was looking through the names of the bands in this, and I like Limp Biscuit as a name. I think that's a really good name for a band. I think No Doubt is a good name for a band. But the song that's at number twenty three, um, which is I do not remember the song at all. It's the one underneath. Uh, uh, what's the name? The two girls you just talked about, uh, uh, Brittany and Madonna. Yeah, it's it, the song is called "Somebody to Love." I don't. It was it debuted at number twenty three. So next to Shannon Knowles, it was the highest debuting song. I don't remember the song at all. I don't think it's the Queen song. Um, I had to listen to it. It's not, okay. and it was not bad enough or good enough to get a mention. I reckon they only got in the top forty because of their name. They're called the Boogie Pimps. Which I thought, okay, I thought all the good band names have been taken, but no, you found one in there, uh, and the Boogie Pimps at number twenty-three. But apart right, from that, know. not a lot, not a lot to write home about in this particular chart. And the, and the cover of the Boogie Pimps album was a <laughs> finger picking somebody's nose. Yeah, well, could be. Boogie could be. Uh, yeah, um, instantly forgettable chart from 2004. But I say, if you want to uh, give us a chart to talk about, by all means, just shoot it to us on the uh, on the social media platforms. You can get to us on, on all of those and let us know a chart that you might like us to talk about and we'll pick a couple of songs or a couple of artists or a couple of stories that we know um, and, uh, and regale you with those in our chart chat section of the program. Oh, always funny to get a quote from my daughter Harper because she's – very intelligent, but she always comes out with funny comments. Yep. Unintentional. Did you show her the chart? Yeah, we did. We went through it in the car. That's yep. how we ended up playing 50 years because five years from now, <laughs> gave me the idea. Yep. Um, we actually went somewhere great for dinner. You ever been to Crabby Boil? They bring this giant bag full of crabs and mussels and just dump it on your table with no plates or cutlery and you just get stuck in. It's good oh, fun. Wow. Sounds like Kev's undies. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Brian. No worries. Nice of you but, to notice. But, but Harper said, so what are you doing this year on the show? And I said, every week we're going to analyse it fast. And she said, a music chart? I said, no, a medical chart. We're doing <laughs> Kevin's electrocardiogram. <laughs> what, what is that? What? Every week we're doing a chart, but not a music chart, just a chart. Uh, yeah, next week we're going to do, do Brian's ultrasound from his uh, from his liver. And we'll talk about the blood test that Fine he had and, of course, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. great. 252 over 75, I think you're in trouble, Mannix. No, my blood pressure is perfect. Is that right? Yeah, it's it's every time I go, I love it. They go, this is going to be perfect. They go, you're right, it's perfect. How is that possible? That's good. Well, because I don't eat. I think I've got to go to the doctor. I've got okay. I've got anorexia. I just <laughs> I I went to the dance partners for dinner last night. They put it on the table. I was nearly sick just looking at it. Um, I've really got a bad problem with eating. Um, I've had a boiled egg today, and that's it. And the idea of eating more is haven't you? Did, makes me feel didn't your mother say to you what my mother said to me, and I'm sure what Finey's mother said to him? You don't don't eat. starving children in Africa. No, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that one. No, the other one that your mother said that you, you were about eat, to say. You, do, you don't shit, and therefore, if you don't shit, you die. Correct. But it looks at all the shit that I do on this show, so I think we're okay. No, not verbal. <laughs> not verbal diarrhea, Brian. Oh, That's a totally okay. separate entity. Well, I got confused. Yeah, well, that wouldn't be the first time and it won't be the last time. Gigs this week, Brian, at all? 
Uh, yeah, I'm going to. Well, I don't know what's the date. I'm going to Adelaide on the sixteenth. Today's to the play f- today's the fifth. Uh, I'll probably got. I don't know. On the sixteenth, I'm going to be the fourteenth. I'm going to Adelaide to see Masana, and I'm playing at the Spiegel Tent in Adelaide on the sixteenth. I think it's part of the Fringe Festival. I'm not sure, but um, looking forward to that. I'm getting a bit toey. I haven't done a gig for a while, but anyway, yeah. Very good. And finally, uh, what's on special this week at Lenny's before we go to the news? And that's coming up in just a moment. We've got this brilliant new range of Lebanese mether, kibbe and little cheese pastries. And oh God, they're delicious from a special Lebanese kitchen called George Vet's Kitchen. And we love it. All right. They've been very popular. Lenny's Fine Foods, North Caulfield. Get there. Here's the news. Good night. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.